0: The Chicago Bears were buyers at the trade deadline. That's right. Uh, Jalen Johnson, still a member of the team, but they welcome in Montez Sweat. A kind of move that brought out a lot of opinions from a lot of people. A lot of Twitter GMs sitting here wondering if the Bears made the right deal. Well, we're going to get into all that tonight. A lot to get over, or a lot to talk about. So, Sammy, let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. your volume because you're about to listen to the sick, podcast the sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen.
1: There goes Fields. Touchdown.
0: The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. For entertainment like no other, it's going to be sick. 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 It's Wednesday night. You know what that means? It is time for Take It to the Rank. New time, new place. Although, by this point, you should be familiar with us being here on Wednesday evening, right ahead of AEW. And, of course, the Tape Never Lies Network. A lot of stuff to get over. Or to talk about. Why do I keep saying that? A lot of stuff to talk about with the Chicago Bears this week. A lot of topics to be going on, so I won't waste any time in bringing on our co-host from FoxSports.com, and of course, the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Carmen Vitali is joining us, and Carmen, how you living?
1: Uh, I'm really good, and you and I are living well together because we were at the Chargers-Bears game uh, on Sunday together. That was great
0: outside of the the outcome of the score it was a good time like we had a lot of fun it was it was nice hanging out and um i know that you were worried about me looking like a professional but i did have a computer out and everything was i was i obnoxious in the press box by any by any stretch
1: no no you weren't but i did have to remind you to bring your computer out so that was i just you know i was like you've been act like you're there for a job
0: well, I was going to bring it out at some point because I was doing my flex one hundred and fifty fantasy rankings while I was sitting there watching the game, so I was multitasking. I did have a, I did get an opportunity as we talked about with Tyler Scott on that show. Talked to Tyler Scott, did all that. I actually got an opportunity to talk with Ryan Poles, which I thought was. Pr- I was shocked that he would even. Were you shocked that he that he even came up to me and said anything?
1: Yeah. No, he's, he's really not. It's like, like on the road is a different story when you're talking about um, covering a team and, you know, the, the GM and stuff are in their own box, their own booth um, for home games. But yeah. then it's kind of a toss up on road games if the GM and his staff are in their own booth or if they're just in the press box with everybody else. And the Chargers had it set up so that Ryan Poles and his staff were all in a row together by Bears PR, by all the Bears uh, beat reporters and stuff like that. So you get to know these guys a little bit more on the road because sometimes they're just kind of with the masses. They're with the peasants in the, yeah. in the normal in the main press box.
0: Yeah, I was kind of shocked by that because I saw them and they're in a the little elevated thing. So they are a little bit off, but I'm like, they shouldn't be a, like, this seems weird that they're just kind of doing that. But hey. It was cool for me, and I was sitting there. Uh, we had an opportunity. One of the cool things was, is I saw Ryan Poles. And, of course, I immediately am I'm like, you know what we should? I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And he was, he laughed. He goes, no, 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 say what you got to say. I'm like, we need to throw the ball deep on the first play. Like, our average depth of target last week wasn't very big. They're going to be expecting short passes. Let's take a shot. And he's like, okay, shut up. Um, we're, already, we're already doing that, so don't say anything else. Uh, And it worked out. Um, But overall, um, it was a fun experience to be there and to see everything. I I still was a little bit disappointed with the result. What was was your overall feeling of the team on that that night?
1: More of the same from what we saw earlier in the season. The Chicago Bears are who we thought they were. And Tyson Bajan is who we thought he was. And I... Yeah. I, I honestly, like as someone who has been going to these games a lot uh, you, you kind of get numb to it. You kind of get a little used to it. You're like, okay, they're coming back down to earth. And and they did. Uh, And yeah, they
0: did a little bit. And you know, uh, I'm not going to say that Tyson Bajet necessarily played bad or anything. It could have been a lot better, but I mean, he's going to be starting this week again at, on the road in new Orleans. What is going on? Like to me, I'm not shocked that he's starting again, but I was kind of surprised that it was so quickly once again. Like, yep, eh, Justin's not starting. This will be the third consecutive game that he missed. If you go on IR, you only miss four games. So why would they, why didn't
1: they just put him on IR? Like, what is going on with Justin Fields? Matty Ruffles classifies Justin Fields as week to week. And the thing is, I think this is just, this is me kind of spitballing. Hmm that this is a way to ensure some sort of competitive advantage because teams aren't necessarily sure who they're about to face. But then when you announce Justin Fields isn't playing on a Monday and, and teams have time to prepare for Tyson Baygent, uh, I mean, we saw what happened this last week against the Chargers where the Chargers were preparing for Tyson Bajant. They knew that Tyson Bagent was going to play. Now, Bears offense doesn't really off. Operate all that differently with Tyson Bajan under center versus with Justin Fields. However, I this is one of those things where a thumb dislocation on your throwing hand is just it's fickle. I, I don't think that there is necessarily a set timetable. Maybe they were thinking optimistically that he could be back before four weeks. They yeah. didn't want to, the Bears didn't want to shut Justin Fields down for an automatic four weeks if it didn't have to be four weeks. But there's there's a lot of factors that go into that. I, not that I really have a clue as to why uh, they didn't, but I think they wanted the option to be able to activate Justin if he was feeling better. But these are really, really serious injuries. It, I know it's just a thumb and it's just a finger, but the, when it's on your throwing hand, your entire mechanics for how you throw that ball and how you can grip the ball are thrown off. And yeah. I mean, think about it, like even when you like stub your finger or you get it jammed or something, like you can't operate that finger. If my, my, the way I always say it is I break a nail. If I break a nail. I get used to doing something different with my hand while I'm letting that nail heal. So it's just, I don't know. And it, it's, it's a fickle thing. I just, I think that they were hoping that he was going to come back earlier. I think they were trying to maintain some modicum of competitive advantage, uh, but it hasn't worked out so far.
0: Well, if they were to do the competitive advantage, why wouldn't you just go through the song and dance of like, I don't know, right. like, we'll find out on Friday. If 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 they Justin, started it
1: that way, they started yeah. it out that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now they're just like, nope, you're fine. Prepare for Tyson Bajan. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, sometimes I just don't know what to make of that. And it's just, I don't know. It just, again, like there's things about this team that are just confounding me. Like, it's really like, what is going on? Like, not only this stuff, with what's going on with, with Justin Fields, but another coach was let go. Like this, I don't know. We saw the Raiders fire Josh McDaniels and they're going to give Antonio Pierce a shot. And 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 I'm not saying that somebody needs to lose, that, that Matt Eberflus needs to lose his job, but at some point, like, who's hiring these assistant coaches that we have to keep letting go? And it always seems to be HR-driven. That, that cannot be a great indictment on this coaching staff.
1: That's what's so frustrating for me, particularly. Because these are issues of personal misconduct within the workplace, which means Mm. it's not a safe environment for everybody to be in that workplace. Yeah, Uh, that's what that's something that's happened, like just recently with the with the letting go of David Walker. This was not a good situation, and it was something that he had been reprimanded for before, and then was told not to do, and he did it again. And that's an issue where there is there has to be some accountability. And to hear Matt Eberflus get up to the podium and say. Our culture is awesome, and then to hear Ryan Poles say that we've done our homework on these guys before we bring them into the facility. Clearly, you haven't. Clearly, there is a disconnect here because that is two assistants that yeah. have left under mysterious circumstances due to conduct issues. It's not performance based. They're not. David Walker was not a scapegoat for the the way that this offense, is, you know, is is or is not performing. Um, this was the, This speaks to culture in particular. And I would just like to see some accountability for that, whether even it's, even if it's just Maddie Riffler's getting up there and saying, yeah, we're going to evaluate some things because clearly we don't have the culture we thought we did. And there are guys that work hard in the building and there are guys that are close and they hang out outside of, you know, the facility and all that other stuff. That can be true. That doesn't mean that you have a sweeping, overarching good, good culture. Clearly you don't. I, I had to tweet about this because I like I just I was I was really frustrated today to hear them say our culture is awesome when two assistants were let were either let go or fired. Your top cornerback is requesting a trade. There have been multiple instances this season of coaches and players not being on the same page, players calling out coaches and 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 the game plan for that week. And then the guy that you traded the 32nd overall pick for in Chase Claypool, you had to deal him. Within a year of him getting here, within a season of him getting here to Chicago for peanuts because of an attitude issue. So something is breaking down here. And the fact that there's no accountability being taken is really disheartening. I know they fired David Walker, which is more than a lot of teams would do in these circumstances. And I commend the Bears for doing that. But at some point or another, you have to take a really hard look internally and say, okay, why does this keep happening? Because this isn't the first time and you don't have the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah. You know, and these coaches, you know, they go to combine and they know each other and there's certain things that would be known that some people behave in certain ways or some people have a proclivity of something else. This is not
1: a new thing either with David Walker from, from everyone I've talked to and from mostly women that I've talked to around the league. This is not, this isn't new. And so if you would have done your homework, you should yeah. have known, you should have known what kind of guy he is.
0: No. And that, that is the most disappointing thing. And that's one of the things like what I've wanted out of Kevin Warren coming in is like, okay, like we need somebody who's going to be like the buck stops here type of person. I don't, listen, I don't fault the, the family or anything like that. I, I'm a big fan of the McCaskies, but you now have installed somebody to be the, like, you're the president of this team. The general manager answers to you. You need to start coming up and, and you need to start talking about the culture because it is one thing to Hey, you know what? And I'm with you. I just wish there was more honesty of like, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm like, we've made some mistakes and we got some things to work on. Like we watch the games, like as positive as I love to be. And I want to see the, the best part of everybody and everything. It's like, there's some things you can still work on. And I think that you can have an honest assessment of what's happening on and what's going on and still being positive. Like, yeah, we want to work on this stuff. We want to get better here. And we're just not seeing that right now. And I think, again, you know, you touched on the thing with with Jalen Johnson, where it's like, hey, you know, a couple of weeks ago or two weeks ago, or even was last week, like, oh, sounded like both sides are talking. Okay, that's great news. That's what we want. We want to see them working towards a resolution that will hopefully end up being with him being here uh, for a number of years. And then next thing you know, He's 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 requesting a trade. He's allowed to talk to other teams. The trade deadline comes and goes. He's still a member of this team. But what's the latest with Jalen Johnson? Because some of the stuff that I've heard, it doesn't seem like he's still thrilled to be here. It's like, well, you know, I'm still here, and I'm just going to keep playing.
1: Ryan Poles went out to L.A., obviously for the game, but he did meet with Jalen Johnson's representatives in Los Angeles as well. He felt like the talks went well for the most part and that they were getting closer and they were he went out there to try and close the gap is what he said and then there was a it sounds like there was a total breakdown even after they talked that this that this wasn't aligning with what Jalen Johnson wanted and that they were actually pretty far off and they were requesting a trade so Ryan Poles granted Jalen Johnson the opportunity to seek a trade it didn't happen and there has to there is again a disconnect between i think what jalen johnson i don't think the 30 million dollar number was something that he was serious about probably wasn't the best number to throw out in the press conference when he says i think i'm worth 30 million dollars yeah i get that i get that everybody thinks that they're worth more than they're probably going to get market value i don't think that's the number he's asking for that doesn't that didn't seem to be the tone of voice uh that jalen johnson was using but maybe still not the best number to use because that would make you nine, they would make you the highest paid corner by over nine million dollars. Yeah. If you were to get a 30 million dollar a year contract, like that's, that's not just resetting the market. That's just, that's, that's delusion at that point. Yeah. But I don't I, think that that was, I don't think that that was the case. But uh, yeah, things have just broken down and he was able to seek kind of negotiate with other teams, talk to other teams. His agent was able to talk to other teams. Nothing materialized from that. And Ryan Poles said, we're open. We still want to do Mm. a deal with Jalen. We want to keep Jalen. Ryan Poles does not want to get rid of Jalen Johnson. But if he does get rid of Jalen Johnson, and I think what the Bears were looking for in a trade was either a low first or high second round pick because that's where they feel that they could get another caliber player like Jalen Johnson caliber player. Otherwise, that's it's too low, and you're taking a risk there by not being able to replace what you're losing. Yeah. So I think the Bears' asking price was a little rich. That's why the trade probably didn't get done. Uh, but at the same time, the Bears want to keep him. I mean, he's homegrown. You want, you want to keep those players, even if you're not the one necessarily that drafted them in some cases.
0: Yeah, I mean, Cole Komet sat here and, and re-signed a deal a couple of weeks ago. And he obviously didn't reset the market. He was, he got fair market value. Like, yeah, he he didn't come out and ask for more money than Travis Kelsey. So it was very easy for that deal to get done when you have a little bit. Do you find though, that in instances like this, where teams, where players are allowed to go out and they're like, all right, go see what you can get. Like, go, go see what, go see what your value is with other teams that a player will come back like, oh yeah, maybe I'm not going to get as much money as I thought I was going to do. Maybe we can work on a deal. Do you think that this is something where perhaps both teams can find or both sides can come to an agreement?
1: I think it's a little bit of a reality check for sure for these players to kind of see what the market is. But then again, it's a trade market versus letting the contract expire and and hitting free agency. I don't necessarily know that this speaks to what Jalen Johnson thinks that he could get on the open market. Hmm. He thinks that, you know, the Bears attached a price to him and that was out of his control. So I think it brings you back down to earth a little bit in that now, you know, you're not worth necessarily a first round pick or a high second, Mm -hmm. but as as far as other teams that are looking for help and looking actively looking to give that kind of stuff up, because then you have things like what is, what, what do teams have, what, what can they give up? Now you're at the mercy of, you know, assets that other teams have and do they have a need there and all the other stuff. So I think that that brings you down a little bit, but I don't think that it necessarily gets you that much closer because if I'm Jalen Johnson, I'm thinking, okay, well, this didn't work out because it was a trade. Now, if I go, if I hit the open market, if I hit free agency, I bet you, I could still end up commanding 15, 18, $20 million. And I don't know, neither side has said that they have a firm number that they've given their best and final offer to each other. Um, but which i think is a good sign i think they that means that there's still some room for negotiation and stuff but i don't necessarily think this brings jalen johnson back down to earth enough to say yeah just take what the bears are going to give you for the sake of uh, stability i guess
0: yeah because part of the bears leverage is the potential of a franchise tag but even then that guarantees that you're a top five paid player so you would you would have that number in mind so if You know, if you're Jalen Johnson and you're like, well, if you're planning to franchise tag me, that means I get top five money. Let's just settle it right now. Give me the top five money and see. Yeah, I wish I could have talked. I I felt like I could have handled this had I given been given the opportunity to uh, to talk to Jalen after the game. But I was spending my time with Tyler. So we didn't I didn't Mm -hmm. get an opportunity to go see. I've met Jalen before, so it wouldn't have been too weird. So I would have been able to go up there and be like, you know, here's what here's what we need to do. Here's what here's what you need to ask for. And we'll do it this way, but maybe at some other point uh, during the season. But an interesting note there about the franchise tag is that, yeah. well, there's another guy. There's another might guy up, you might need to might end up. up getting the franchise tag on the, the Montez sweat trade. Mm. Uh, we got a we got a text from our producers like, hey, big So I'm driving to work and I'm like, big deal. And I'm like, I'm sitting there waiting for Sirius XM to announce this trade. I'm like, who are we getting? I thought it was going to be Chase Young. It's Montez Sweat. Did that catch you off guard? Were you surprised or what did you think when you heard that news break?
1: I, I guess I was caught off guard just because of the fact that the bears were buyers. We thought, you know, it had broken before the trade deadline that they had granted Jalen Johnson the permission to seek the trade. So I think all of us were thinking that if we hear some big splashy news about the Chicago bears before 4 PM Eastern on Halloween, it's going to be that Jalen Johnson is no longer a Chicago bear. Yeah, And that's, not the news that we got. And in fact, the Bears were the ones to start the ball rolling with with kind of the trade frenzy of the day, at least. Um, and i our teams were involved in all but one trade yesterday, so it was a little bit of a hectic day for me again.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> this was just the start of my day. <laughs> but, I mean, getting another pass rusher, the Bears right now have five sacks on the season. Montez yeah. Sweat on his own has six and a half. So clearly this is the guy, this is a clear upgrade to a position of need. I still kind of wonder why it wasn't a tackle I, I I don't know if John Allen was it was available, but I think Washington was having this fire sale. And I think that maybe you should have inquired about Jonathan Allen, uh, who, who has an out on his contract that would save the commanders about $14 million had he been yeah. traded post-June 1. But... That was something that you said was a crucial position to your defense, and it's not something that you currently have. You're relying on young guys to kind of have a rotation on that interior, and if you have those solid guys on the interior, then it does open up things for Unique and Gakwe, who you already got. So to take a pass rusher was a little bit interesting to me, but hopefully the balance of having Unique on one side and now Montez Sweat on the other will act as, you know, make, make offensive lines, kind of make some decisions here, right? That's that's the goal. Yeah. I don't know I, if I was surprised, though, that it was Montez Sweat over Chase Young either. Though so.
0: I kind of like Sweat a little bit better because he does. I do too. St- statistically, he's really good against the run as well, which I know hasn't been a problem for the Bears over the last couple of weeks, where they've really started to come around as a defensive front, stopping people on the run. I think coming into the Chargers game, They'd allowed the fifth fewest rushing yards per game. Now, if you're looking at average, it was right around 11th. But still, they had done a decent job, which is up from 32. So obviously, a a huge increase. When you, I, I kind of take it though. When you go after Montez Sweat, I, I kind of take it like they're sort of okay with the guys, the young guys that they brought in, uh, who are doing the rotation. And when you have some veterans on the other side, that they're going to command some attention. That if maybe that opens things up. So I would be. I'm happy to see it. I I really do. And I I know that Jeremy Fowler, I think it was Jeremy Fowler with ESPN who or Fowler at ESPN who was saying, like, oh, the Bears didn't really. Th- I'm I still find it a little hard to believe that there wasn't some sort of discussion of the what is it possible you can play here beyond because like making that trade for just nine games seems excessive. But I, I will say but it's like, but it's not like we don't have multiple picks. Like that, everybody's like, God, oh, it's like an essentially it's essentially a first round pick. I go, you know what? You know, it's a first round pick. The two first round picks that we have. Those are I essentially
1: don't, I, was, I was gonna say, like, when you get to the 35th pick, which is always in the second round, you can't say that's essentially a first round pick. Yeah. I get it, I get it from last year when you're talking about the Chase Claypool trade, because Miami had to forfeit their pick. So the 32nd yeah. pick overall is usually in the first round. I'll give you saying that, you know, that you, you brought know, that's it, you brought it up earlier. It. Right. But like the 35th pick is always in the second round. There is no fifth year option attached to it, which there wasn't with the 32nd pick either, but yeah. um, when, when it's out of the first round, so I don't want to hear it's essentially a first round pick. No, yeah. do I, but I do think it was a little rich given the fact that it is so high in the second round and you did just get burned by giving up a high second round pick And oh, by the way, Chase Young was available for a late third. So I don't know that there was enough of a difference to justify 50 draft spots, um, like 50, yeah, 50 draft selections uh, in between Chase and Montez. But I do think that Montez, like you said, is very good against the run, and he has stayed healthier than Chase Young has, and that's a big part of this too.
0: Yeah, that's. I I I I mean, I thought that Chase Young was a huge risk. Like, I, 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 of all the play, I think this is why I was so shocked. Of all the players that we were talking about from Washington who could have been traded, I'm like, of course, Chase Young, who in his contract year is now miraculously healthy, who's playing great and doing all that stuff. I'm like, this is like a, a Gary Matthews Jr. type of thing of like, yep, he's going out there, he's going to make his big deal, and then he's going to go back to playing six games a year. So at least with sweat, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with this one. And again, we have, we do have a lot of draft capital. And if we've learned anything from Ryan Poles over the previous two years, it's like he's trading a bunch of picks. Like there's, there's going to be a lot of movement in the draft. We're with that. However, I haven't even looked to see because I don't even care because it's like whatever. Um, We have at least two first round picks. You know, we're probably going to move down off of one of them and we're going to acquire more capital and more capital. And who knows if Justin Fields ends up playing, comes back and plays well and, looks like the quarterback of the future enough so that you're like, okay, we'll give him one more shot. Or we're going to go back with him. Then one of those, maybe both of those picks are just lottery picks and we get huge deals. So I understand how the internet works and everybody just wants to talk ass on the bears all the time, do your worst. It's fine. I just, I don't know. I almost just want to get a Jersey. Like, like when people are, I was on this podcast just before I came on today, like who are your favorite bears of all time? I'm like, well, it's Walter, it's Jim McMahon, and it's the second round pick, baby. Whomever it is. Like, I no, you don't care. Like it's a draft pick. Like, stop. I know that you everybody's played Madden and they love fantasy football and they're in a dynasty league. And now you think you should be running an NFL franchise. No. And I don't and I don't even mind too. I know the things with Chase Claypool went awry, but you know what? You gotta go out there. It's like listen, you go out on the first tee, your driver, you you kind of spray it the first time. You're like, all right. I'm breaking it out of the second tee. Like,
1: I'm I'm not getting away from it. Well, you touched on it, though, earlier. And the way that this could go really wrong is if uh, Montez Sweat doesn't sign in for the long term. Mm. And that was the biggest eye-opening thing of his press conference today. I don't know that we should read so much into it because Montez Sweat had literally just arrived in Chicago. Yeah. The press conference was one of his first stops. But it didn't seem as though he was sold on staying in Chicago because he kept saying, I need to kind of get my bearings, which makes sense. But he also needs to take stock of the organization and the players that are there and the coaches and all that other stuff. Especially if this is why I said, I think Montez sweat, the Montez sweat trade was kind of a vote of confidence in Matt Ebercluse and that they were going to keep him around at least for next year because If Montez Sweat gets wind of the fact that they're about to fire their head coach, their defensive play caller, and he's going to have to trade systems anyway, and he's going to have to continue on this rebuild, which he was a part of enough times in Washington, I don't know that he's incentivized to stay around, especially, like, you can can franchise tag him, and that's kind of the only way to ensure that he stays around for another year, but, I mean, I was kind of under the impression that you do this deal— you give up that high second round pick for the exclusivity to negotiate with Montez Sweat on a long term deal yeah. rather than let a guy like that hit free agency and then have to outbid every other team for him. So you're going to now get Mark, Mar, Mar, Martez Sweat.
0: Montez Montez Sweat,
1: Sweat. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's been a long couple of days. Yeah. Montez Sweat for market value. That's what I was trying to say. Montez Sweat, market value. Uh, we
0: we're going <laughs> to have to pay anyways. I mean, that's one of the great, right. and we also have, you know, huge salary cap space. Like I know yeah, that players come out and they're like, Hey, there's a lot of things that go on that I factored in. And if you're like, but they're paying you the most money. Like, and that's why I'm signing with this team. Like that's, these guys want to get paid. Uh, Make no mistake. the Winning's great. Uh, they want to get paid. And if the bears, if the bears had already gone into this and Ryan polls had been, charting far enough ahead of like hey when he becomes a free agent we want to sign montez sweat well why not bring him in right now like okay we'll we'll throw out this pick that hopefully ends up in the 40s but who knows where it ends up it could end up 33rd i saw i i don't know i'll take a risk whatever like okay like we gotta do it. we gotta spend money eventually anyway so let's start spending some money like it's i don't want to be sitting here four years from now talking about like eh hey, we got all this cap space like it's Fine, unless you're out there using it. And if Montez Sweat is a player that you've identified, and I also think too, like he probably works for just about any. Like he works, for, he works well in a lot of systems. And uh, I don't think that Eric enemy is bringing Jack Del Rio with him, so I don't think he has to worry about that. So I think he'll be fine. That is my little hot tag. I'm like, no. oh yeah. I'm like, who's a Kansas? I'm like, you break. So I was thinking about that because I'm a conspiracy theorist. Sometimes I do read into some things, and I was like, hmm. So I'm like, Ryan polls. Like if he does make a change at the at the head coach position, which he might have to, like you might have to be like, dude, you, you can't stay with all these coaches because if this isn't, especially if there's another coach that has to resign for HR issues, two is two yeah. is bad. Two is pretty bad. Uh, two but is then,
1: horrible. That doesn't happen. Like one coach leaving under mysterious circumstances doesn't happen. Like Much you. less two. Yeah. Yeah. I like I, honestly, if Matty Rufflus ends up getting fired it won't be solely based on performance is yes. all i'm gonna say like the mccaskies have not shown the a propensity to fire a head coach when he still has multiple deer, deal years left on his deal yeah. uh which it seems like Matty reflux would have at least one more year left um we don't know the, the terms of his contract but um if but but if stuff off the field is happening and you're having to take accountability for some guys that you brought in that aren't good guys that can yeah. force you out the door. That, that can make them do something they haven't done in a very long time.
0: Man, that would be such a hard sell of, I mean, if they finish similar to what the lions did last year. And I told Tyler I said, "Hey, two and six, that was what, that's what Justin was talking about. Two and six, the lions rebounded won nine games. I look at this of like, if you on your own, not talking about Carolina's pick, but if you finish bad enough to where, especially if you have the number one overall pick, if you end up with a top five pick through your own volition, that's a, that really is. I don't care how bad the rebuild is. Like it's the NFL. You should be able to miracle four or five wins and get yourself out of draft position. Like you're not the Raiders. And I don't know. Like it's, it would be a very hard sell even for me even the eternal optimist thinking about me being in Hallis hall next year, being like, Hey Matt, like I was going to be hard. I mean, it was, it was awkward enough walking by him the other day uh, after the game. I'm like, Hey coach. I'm like, Oh, sh- I hope you don't, I hope you don't see me on TikTok." Um He might, who knows? Uh, so it's very difficult. I don't know. Oh, it's all exasperating. It is, it is. what you it's, it's, it's,
1: people like. So I cover four teams, right? And, I say nice things. I try to say nice things about all four, really. Yeah. Um, but I keep waking up to news that the Bears have done something that's not good. Yeah. And so I have to talk about those things. Yeah, of course. And yeah, I have to talk about them in the same breath that I'm praising the Minnesota Vikings for doing something. So yeah. like, I feel like I get this this the reputation for being a bear tater. And I'm like, I want nothing more than to be able to talk about good things from the Chicago Bears. But I there is there there just aren't good things to talk about. Those aren't the things that are happening right now. And yeah. it's exhausting. It's hard. I don't want to keep doing this. I'm tired of talking about bad things about the Chicago Bears. I really am. So I trust me, I get yeah. it from other you know, fans in the division or my other teams in the division like talk about how bad the Packers are looking now, too.
0: Yeah, like, they can't to, play decent. I
1: don't want to talk about bad teams. The Packers can't, the can't play
0: you know, we can sit here and talk about Jordan Love not playing well, but that defense for the Packers has been atrocious.
1: There's there's no excuse for it. I I am you talk about someone who probably needs to go again. I don't like calling for people's jobs, but uh a lot of people call for Joe Barry's job after last season and then they were yeah. like, No, 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 we're gonna give him another one, one, one that much talent on that side of the ball, and you 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 can't rely on that side of the ball. Yeah. It's tough.
0: It's tough. They are they have been and it's and it's funny, by the way, and Gronk mentioned this of all people today on Kay's show where he's like, I don't feel bad for Josh McDaniels. His contract's guaranteed. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the big thing too. Like when we sit here and people will, sometimes I was having this nice conversation with these folks outside of uh SoFi stadium, by the way, thanks to everybody who stopped me outside of SoFi stadium. We saw, I've met a lot of cool people. And it was an absolute thrill. And now there was a number of you and believe me, I can see you because you walk by, you don't expect it. I don't know why you didn't expect to see me at SoFi stadium of all places, but then they see it and then they turn their heads around and then they keep walking. It's like, you gotta, I got whatever. Um, so I did, I was trying to get out to the chargers tailgate at one point or to go see some friends of mine. And I'm like, I just, I had to tell I'm like, I can't get out. I'm like, I don't want to say that I'm a rock star, but uh, Billy idol said it was cool. I could call myself a rock star. Um, uh, But it was, it was, but I was having a conversation with somebody outside of the stadium and they were nice people. And they're like, you know, it's kind of unfair. that, you know, I don't want somebody to lose their job. And how do they, I'm like, how do they feed their, their contracts guaranteed? Like they're, you get paid to do nothing. Like you, you will get, I will
1: say, I will say that's the head coach though. Uh, most assistants and coordinators are not on more than two year deals. So in the case of Josh McDaniels, he'll be fine. Yeah. But his staff, isn't so, necessarily guaranteed it, it, they're not and they and they all get fired too and you're not i don't know what what year if they're they get, they get their paid two
0: year. they get paid throughout the year and then they'll go on somebody's staff you're just getting you're just yeah. repositioning yourself it's like it's like you're I mean, part a part of them
1: it's a cycle it's like, like you work for a, just go somewhere else.
0: it's a major corporation and it's like hey uh, yeah you've got to go work in our cleveland branch you're like, oh, okay, and then one year you're in New Orleans. Like, who knows? Like, just look at these guys' resume. They bounce around. It's a fraternity. And unless you're getting fired for HR reasons, uh, you'll probably end up someplace else. Sometimes you have to take a step back. You go from being the defensive coordinator to coaching defensive backs. Uh, Rod Marinelli, who went winless in an NFL season, was a great defensive coordinator, defensive line coach for years after that. So these guys, they they rebound. They're fine. We're not completely callous, but at the same point, like, some of you got to go. Uh, what we also, oh my gosh, we got to get some questions in. I, um, I'm sorry. I know that I, I promised questions before, but what do we got cooking Sammy? Uh, polls said he believes 100% in Fluce and speaks very highly of him. Do you think Fluce is our head coach next season? Because clearly he's not getting fired and needs five season to teach fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. What do you think?
1: I, I, <laughs> Honestly, I think that if it's hard to survive these two coach resignations and if more stuff comes out about exactly what those were, especially with Allen Williams, I don't think Eberflus survives that. But if you're talking purely performance based, I think that Eberflus keeps his job. And I think that signing a blue chip pass rusher and being buyers at the deadline are indicate indicative of the fact that they're going to keep giving Matt Eberflus another shot to see if he can finally show some tangible improvement that they can kind of grasp onto and build on um I don't think that they're necessarily faulting Flus for the offensive struggles and the struggles of Justin Fields and all that kind of stuff because it's hard to do that he's a defensive head coach and my experience with this kind of stuff is head coach he goes one way or the other and he doesn't have a whole lot to do with the other side of the ball and that side of the ball has a coordinator that basically acts as the head coach for that side of the ball. So Luke Getzey is basically a head coach of the offense right now. Yeah. So I don't, I think Floose could, I, if again, depending on what goes on off the field, purely on field, purely performance-based, I think they keep Mac, Matt Eberflus. but I do think that there will be some reckoning when it comes to The coordinator level they will have to hire a new defensive coordinator anyway yeah um i think that they're they would also hire a new offensive coordinator don't like calling people's jobs but there needs to be some attrition (laughs) from the end of the season i just think fluce is probably pretty safe unless some of this more some more details come out off the field about the coaches that he hired
0: and there's also the instance of um what was I going to say here? But, uh, oh, winning a couple of games at the end of the season. Right. Like, when you get to that little, like, hey, like, not, not like the Lions, but even, like, if you have a modest win streak at the end of the year. And I now – I look back at Carmen's initial prediction for the team and, like, that week 18 game against the Packers, I'm like, that's going to end up screwing us because the Packers are going to be in full tank mode. The Packers will probably be, like, playing for – Playing for the uh, for the number one pick, and we'll beat them, and then they'll get Caleb Williams, and then we'll win, and they'll be like, "Well, now we should keep Eberflus because he beat the Packers." And we're like, "Oh my god, this this cannot be happening to me," um, but we'll see. I, I I'm less op- not optimistic, but I'm I'm less certain that Eber. I, I feel like Ryan Poles probably feels confident enough in himself to be making these moves. Like I still want to stock the team with talent, regardless of who the head coach is going to be. And so, I don't know. I'm still seeing some outs here, but you know what? If I could be proven wrong, and if I am, I'll be happy to say so. By the way, I want to remind everybody that this week's game is in New Orleans, which means if you can't be there in New Orleans, the best place to watch Chicago Bears games is Game Room Chicago, located inside the historic Chicago Athletic Association Hotel right across the street from Millennium Park. It features Papa Shot, Beer Pong all sorts of cool bar games that you can do to entertain yourselves It's an upscale joint. As a matter of fact, they have a Michelin starred chef. That's right. Mari Katsumuri. He's got tremendous snack foods. There's a beer tower or they have beer towers, a weekend, bloody Mary bar signature shareable cocktails. So much for more it's game room, Chicago, uh, the place to watch Chicago bears game. Listen, if you're looking for a fun activity this week, you let the kids go out and trick or treat, and you want a little bit of an upscale appearance or a, an outing. Uh, make it game room Chicago, and we're gonna have a we're gonna have an event there soon, and I can't wait to get out there for that. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, how about another question though? Uh, will we see Sweat playing this weekend, or were the Bears in? Uh, or will the Bears into it and give him two weeks to adjust? Uh, I would assume he plays. I mean, he should be ready to go. I know that. I don't know. I don't want to make it seem so simple to play defense, but it's like, dude, go out there and play some games. Uh, what do you anticipate him
1: playing? He said it would be possible, uh, and then he would try to do that in today's press conference. I don't think that they're com- the Bears are committing to Montez what playing this week at all, but I think you tr- you do try to get him into the rotation, into the pass rush ro- pass rush rotation uh, with Mon- with uh, it- Yannick Ngakwe and Gakwe and yeah. and Demarcus Walker. So I think you try and get him involved a little bit. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect to see him play more than twenty to thirty percent of the defensive snaps if he gets in at all. But he did say it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be a possibility, and not to simplify anything on defense because it's not simple. But when you are rushing the passer, it's one of those things where you can just be like, all right, on this play. You're going, just, just yeah. go. And like, you, you can do that. You can cheat a little bit on defense without, without uh, Montez Sweat knowing exactly what the calls are and, and the lingo quite yet. So I think you could see him a little bit, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect like him to go out there and have like a three sack game and, and be in there for 70 to 80% of the defensive snaps. Like that's just not going to happen.
0: I want the Khalil Mack first game against the Packers type of impact. That's what I'm demanding. Khalil Mack just showed up off the street, didn't even practice training camp, and just walked in and dominated. That's what I want. I'm sorry, I'm not realistic.
1: Look at that; it's a little bit easier than other positions because you don't necessarily need to know the calls. You just need to know if you're rushing or not, and so perhaps we see that a little bit. But I think they try and get him into the rotation there. the the pass rush is a rotation so that's 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 the key there so you can you can integrate him a little bit uh slowly but surely but yeah I don't know he said it was going to be a possibility so we'll see how how practice progresses they had a walkthrough today um and it doesn't sound like he was there yet even so he'll be in meetings the rest of the week and get some work on the field a couple days we'll see oh cool
0: uh go get after Derek Carr all right how about another question is a terminate? Ah, uh, sorry. Uh, Rank, I missed you by two minutes last Sunday night. Uh, my question. Oh, man. So sorry. Uh, how much of the circus show can be blamed on the McCaskies? And thank you. I'm sorry that I missed you uh, on Sunday. That would have been awesome. I will say this. The McCaskies. I feel like they've done a nice job of trying to let football people go out there and make football decisions. And they brought in a general manager that they believed in. They brought in Kevin Warren because everybody has been asking for them not to meddle in team affairs. They didn't want Ted Phillips to meddle in team affairs. So you brought in football guys to do this. So for me, now, if they let this go on a little bit too much, then I can be like, yeah, you guys have to do more. But I'm like, they're hiring people to run this organization. And even though they have football acumen, Virginia's been there since the very beginning almost, you gotta you gotta have the, the football guys have to be accountable. So I'm not I I hate I hate the cop out of always blaming the McCaskies because I think they're doing everything that everybody's wanted them to do over the last number of years. They're trying to get a new stadium, they're trying to bring us into modern football. So I'm a big McCaskies guy. I don't blame them. I blame the football organization people. Carmen, how do you feel?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle because there, there is a common denominator for the shortcomings of this organization over the last couple of decades at this point. Um, we still talk about the 85 Bears, and that was before I was born. So there is a common denominator in that we haven't been able to see this organization really do what it takes to get to that success level. You have to spend a lot of money to make, to, to be successful. I mean, I saw it in, in Tampa where the, that was an organization that wasn't known for spending a lot of money either. And the minute they did, the minute they brought in Bruce Arians and then they brought in Tom Brady and they made all these changes off the field that don't show up on the salary cap books, um, that's when the organization had success. And that's kind of what it takes. And I feel like getting a defensive first-time head coach, that comes at a little bit of a, at, at a discount. Getting a first-time play caller at offensive coordinator comes at a little bit of a discount. And when you're trying to develop a a, a prospect, a first-round quarterback, that's not exactly the recipe, at least from my eyes, to do that. You need experience. You need a guy that's developed his own systems, that's been in a bunch of things, that's seen a bunch of things in order to figure out what's best for Justin Fields and to utilize his skill set and do all of those things. And that comes at a premium cost. So... I think that maybe with owning the stadium and getting a revenue stream from the stadium could potentially make some sweeping changes across the organization in their willingness to spend money. But there is something to be said about the fact that the bears have kind of gone the cheap route on a lot of these hires and maybe things change with Kevin Warren. Maybe things change. Like I said, when the, when the stadium gets built, but a lot of owners get to rely on stadium income um, and revenue from that sense. and, And the bears owners haven't been able to do that. So, uh, that's going to be very interesting going forward. But I do think so, there, like I said, there's a common denominator here that can't be ignored while other people need to take accountability for it as well.
0: I will say though, I mean, the reason we talk about the 85 Bears is because the 06 Bears didn't win that Super Bowl. I mean, it would be a lot, it would be a lot different. And maybe our lives would be completely changed if Rex Grossman could have held on to a football, Devin Hester is in the Hall of Fame. Like, we have different conversations and everything like that. But I will say, you know, like, when you talk about the Bears spending money, well, I mean, if the Montez Sweat deal is any indication, it's like those are, like, trading for Chase Claypool, trading for Montez Sweat shows me an organization that's, like, doing things a little bit, okay, fine, yeah, they're trying to go out there and make it happen. And, like, it would have been a very McCaskey-type thing or what people accuse the McCaskies of if, after the Chase Claypool incident or the Chase Claypool uh, trade didn't work out, that they handcuffed handcuffed their coaching staff and general manager. Like, you can't make any trades ever again. We've seen that happen before. We've seen that with other organizations in Chicago where you're like, okay, now we're gun shy. But they're still able to reload and go after it and try to do all these kind of moves to help make them. So I'm a little bit more optimistic in that one. And I will say, too, like, I know we talk about this a lot. But down in Houston, they hired D'Amico Ryans. Bobby Slowick was never an offensive coordinator. Um, CJ Stroud's doing okay. Like that, I know that's a that's that's one instance of this. I think well, that's uh, you probably don't
1: that's probably a separate conversation then.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like <laughs> I I still don't hate the I like the the process of what you did to bring in Luke Getze. I mean, now that we can look back and see that Nathaniel Hackett was kind of a disaster, you know, like I wouldn't do that again. But he was coming in the same time as Nathaniel Hackett of like, hey, we want these Packers coordinators. We want this kind of NFL offense. We want we want to be part of this Sean McVay, Mike Shanahan world of like, we want play callers like this. So at least it, it hasn't that worked is, out. He's not good. Going-
1: was- I know there was there was another there's a difference, though, with Lucchetti, too, in the sense that he was coaching Aaron Rodgers, who didn't need yeah. a lot of coaching. Bobby Slowick had who, <laughs> you know, <laughs> up in San Francisco. So he was he was having I, I think all of that kind of stuff matters. But I actually have to get, get out of here about 10 minutes early. Um, so I'm going to leave you to answer the rest of the questions, Adam. Well, you okay. uh, don't we'll we'll hop on the phone. <laughs> All right, you go. go. hop on the NFL on Fox podcast. Oh, there you go. All right. We're getting yeah. bumped. We're
0: getting big league by the it's NFL fine. on Fox. But no, thank you so much for being here. Uh, be thank sure to too. check out the NFL on Fox podcast. Great seeing you this Sunday at SoFi Stadium. That was you a lot too. of fun. And uh, hopefully we can do that again in the near future. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think because there's some Chargers and Rams games I'll be going to. And if it's an NFC North opponent, then perhaps I will see you. But if not, Pop- yeah.
1: For, for Lions, I'll be there for Lions. Uh, next.
0: Sunday? yeah yeah all right i might see you there
1: okay all, all right. right there Thanks, she guys. goes
0: there she goes the great carmen Vitali, and uh i will take a couple more questions i gotta go teach at chapman university which now i'm so you know that was a connection matt eberflus and i had because his daughter graduated from there she wasn't in my class uh but in any event by the way i want to remind everybody that fantasy football season is not over by any stretch of the imagination, and the best way to play fantasy football is with Underdog Fantasy. It is so simple to get started. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, or better yet, download the app, the Underdog Fantasy app, and first-time users can have their initial deposit matched up to $100 to get you started. They have some great contests, some great pick contests. So simple, so easy to use. You're sitting here, you're bummed out. About the Chicago Bears season and you want to find reasons to watch other games or to give yourself a little bit of hope We'll go to underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog fantasy app Get into the action with the best app in fantasy football All right, I could probably do one more question at least and it'll probably be long-winded Uh, can the bears turn it around and win half a dozen more games the rest of the season eight and nine looks positive right now? I I mean, obviously my initial read of of winning a lot of these games is not going to come to fruition. We're going to fall short of the mark that I had previously set out there, and that's fine. I think that when you look at the process, the Packers, you, you shouldn't have lost to the Packers. Like that was inexcusable. That team's garbage and they're not good. Now I can say that's not that Carmen's gone. Like that's a garbage team, and it's embarrassing that we lost to that franchise. It sucks that we, we didn't hold on to that Denver game. So those are two wins that like, if we would have won those games and we were four and four right now, as opposed to two and six, then we would be a little bit more optimistic. And so I'm not completely ready to just give up on the season. One of the things that Tyler and I talked about was that the NFL changes week to week. And every time that you're down on a team and you think it's over with, and this team sucks and they don't know what they're doing, they turn around and they win a game that's inexplicable. Look at us versus the Commanders this year and such, you know, things like that. There are opportunities. And I think that New Orleans is indeed an opportunity. Just two weeks ago, like everybody was down in the New Orleans Saints. And why did we trade for Derek Carr? And everything was going wrong. And then they go out there. They win a big game against the Indianapolis Colts. Everything is fine. Everything is good. Nobody's upset. So there is that week to week. One thing that I, I know our friend Brandon Shagru was talking about was that the Bears never seem to capitalize on any momentum. They win a huge game, and then they lose. That is one thing that I would like to see out of this team, uh, number one, winning a game. But it really would be out of character for this team to go out there and win consecutive weeks. They just don't do it. They've never done it. Not under Matt Eberflus. There needs to be some changes. And so then I know that everybody's sitting here, and they're, hey, you know, like, he's probably going to come back. I, I can't see it. I just... I can't. I know that everybody likes to say that. And I know everybody feels like I think the doom and gloom, but I think there is an opportunity for this team to start putting together some some dubs and get a little bit of momentum. And we want to just see this team get better. We want to see the play calling. I mean, not to play too much, you know, Monday morning quarterback with what happened, but like the Bears actually, you know, that they get a touchdown on that first play, like as they should have. Uh, Darnell Mooney was not down by any stretch of the imagination. There's a touchdown games already starting to be different. Chargers are going to charger. Um, and I think that, you know, we saw, we saw Justin Herbert march through the team. And I think that Montez sweat will help change a little bit of that. So maybe we get a competitive team. I just want to be competitive. I would love to get to eight wins. I would like for our second round pick to be in the forties. So we just don't have to hear people running their mouths. We look, dang, and this you give him whatever. Quit falling in love with picks. We're gonna get so many picks in this upcoming draft because we're gonna have two cards. We're gonna have two chips at the table that we're gonna turn into multiple picks. Maybe one of them is Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe it's not, but we're gonna end up with a a plethora of players. You don't need to worry about that. We're gonna have plenty of guys. We're not we're not selling off our future. We're not more. That was one of the funniest things. People are like, I can't believe you're just selling off your future. I'm like, we have two first round picks. Two of them, two first round picks. We're not, we're not mortgaging our future. If we had to set one of our first round picks for Montez sweat, then we can have a conversation. One of our seconds, stop it. All right. How about one more question, Sammy, uh, before I get out of here and head off to class, or if not, I can just wrap it. Uh, Speaking of fantasy. Oh, you would sneak one of these. Who do I start a quarterback this weekend? Murray Carr, or Levis, please. And thank you. I don't know if Kyler – have they selected Kyler Murray? See, I don't do the fantasy show on Wednesday, so I don't know if Kyler Murray has been selected as the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. It's a tough matchup for them. I don't necessarily love that one. I mean, if you take away all bias and, like, all that stuff, like the Bears have been – Bears have been – good quarterbacks get the Bears. If If you're not a Bears fan and you want to go with Derek Carr, that's fine. If you are a Bears fan and want to go with Will Levis, that also works. Now, Will Levis, you know, didn't attempt a lot of passes, threw a couple of deep balls, but listen, that's all you need. Throw some deep balls. I thought that Will Levis played pretty well. I don't think it was an accident. I don't think that it was... uh, I I think he's got a pretty decent opportunity. I will tell you, rookie quarterbacks are 0-5 in primetime games in Pittsburgh, so it's going to be very tough for him. I think that, gosh, I think that the last time a rookie quarterback is beaten, beaten the Steelers in, in in Pittsburgh. It's been a long time ago. I don't, know. I don't know. Listen, go with Derek Carr. My unbiased take. I won't listen. I, I'm not going on the NFL network and saying that those guys watch the NFL network. Darnell Mooney came up to me. It's like, Hey, you're famous. And I'm like, Oh no. But, uh, you know what? I won't say that on the NFL network. I'll tell you here. And if Derek Carr plays poorly, The the worst part about that is that Derek Carr doesn't play well and the Saints win. And you're like, great, I'm just getting it on all sides. Yeah, maybe play Will Levis. If you're not a Bears fan, if you're not a Bears fan, play Derek Carr. If you are a Bears fan, this go with Will Levis. We'll ride or die with him. But listen, I want to thank everybody for being here. If you enjoyed the show this evening, be sure to comment using the word sick. Let us know that you are here. Please like and subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. We really would appreciate that. Uh, But thanks to everybody for being here. We will be at Rip Beer Company on Sunday for that Saints game, just like always. Listen, is our season going the way that we want it to? And it is absolutely not. But we still show up. We're still the most represented play team in that bar, which is amazing. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is amazing. Maybe it's not. Maybe we're just suckers. But in any event, thank you so much for being here. And uh, Sammy, oh, wait, bear down. And Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.